Welcome into a special podcast. I'm Adam Munster Tiger, the publisher of BuffStampede.com. Unless you've been living under a rock, I'm sure you've heard that Mark Kennedy is set to take over as the new University of Colorado system president on June 15th. He'll replace Bruce Benson, who's retiring after more than 11 years as CU's president. Mark Kennedy served as the president at the University of North Dakota the last three years, and he previously served two terms in Congress representing his home state of Minnesota. A lot of people have posed questions about this hire, so I'm pleased to be joined by Heidi Ganahl, who was a co-chair on the search committee. Heidi, thanks for joining me on the same day you launch a new company, no less. Thanks, Adam. I'm happy to be here. So you've heard a lot of the criticisms out there, and I have a lot of questions too, and I think that's why this podcast is great, because it kind of gives you an opportunity to give insight into this whole process. Let's start from the beginning. When was the search committee formed, and what were those early meetings like? Sure, Adam. Well, it starts back in September when we had to decide who is going to chair the search committee. And normally it's the party that's in control. So the Republicans have a 5-4 majority. And normally they we would have a chair and that would be the end of it. And uh, we decided that um, it would probably be better with the political uh, divide that we're in in this country right now and at CU and in Colorado to co-chair the committee with one Democrat and one Republican. So myself and Irene Griego decided, were, were elected to do that. And that started a process where we uh, selected a search committee from a couple hundred applicants that were faculty, deans, students, business community leaders, alumni, uh, a whole mix of wonderful people who wanted to de- dedicate a lot of time to you know, figuring out who the next president would be. How did you go about discovering, interviewing, and getting into the vetting process with all these candidates? So it started out with the selection of the search committee, and those were those folks were voted on, and there were 15 in addition to myself and Irene, so a 17-member search committee. And once that search committee was selected, we um, were in the process already of hiring a search firm. We interviewed many search firms and came up with a final search firm choice, Wayless Partners, to work with. That was a region decision, a region board decision. So we have the search committee, we have the search firm. They come up with about 180 different uh, nominations or candidates for us to review. And they were very transparent throughout the process. We were able to nominate people as well. We were able to accept nominations from the community. They would then narrowed it down to about 30 candidates that the search committee went a deep dive on and, and actually looked at CVs and resumes and um, the, the candidates filled out applications, very extensive applications with lots of different questions. We narrowed it down to 10, the search committee did, and we brought those 10 in to DIA and spent a couple of days interviewing them, an hour and a half each, asked them some really tough questions. Nobody was shy. The search committee was very robust and uh, you know went pretty deep with those folks. We then narrowed it down to six, and those six final candidates were forwarded to the regent board. And the regent board then interviewed those final six for a couple hours each at the airport. But they also had all the information that we had on the candidates and some feedback from the search committee on questions to follow up with them on and came up with a a resounding majority vote 9-0 to push Mark Kennedy forward as the final candidate. Yeah, I was going to ask you more about that 9-0 vote. Before that, there's been some criticism out there over the lack of transparency, over the fact a list of candidates was not made public before Mark Kennedy was announced as a sole finalist. How would you respond to that that criticism? Well, a couple things. We did 
oh gosh, probably seven or eight town halls around the, the community and the in the different campuses early on in the process to invite community members, faculty, students, um, anyone who wanted to come to give us feedback on the process to make sure that we finalize the process um, according to what our constituents wanted. Um, we did not get great attendance at those town halls, not a lot of interaction. Um, the people that did come provided some great feedback. We made adjustments where we needed to. But one thing that was very clear from the beginning was that we would most likely have a sole finalist because from talking to the search firms and other universities that have done this before, it's very difficult to get high caliber people that are already working somewhere in another position to go forward with a slate of three or four finalists that then you see what just happened to Mark. <laughs> That's a pretty tough, you know, tough thing to go through. So um, you get much higher quality candidates, according to the search firms and the experts, if you do the sole finalist approach than if you try and put a group of people out. The other thing I would say is that um, it wasn't just the regent board that came up with this finalist. It was the search committee, which is 15 additional members to the two regents that are very high caliber people. And you're talking a dean of an engineering school. You're talking uh, someone who helps lead one of the, the largest foundations in the state, one of our biggest donors. You've got some incredible students on that committee, faculty. Um, it's just it was an amazing group of people, very talented, that put forward that slate. What made Mark Kennedy stand out initially? And could you kind of walk us through the interview process, the vetting process, and everything that went into him becoming the, the sole finalist? Sure. It was a mix of things. He had a good mix of political expertise, which is important because, you know, we're down at the legislature a lot trying to get more money for higher ed. It's, it's slim right now. So you've got to have a good relationship and be able to navigate that and work with the governor as well. The other thing is business experience. I mean, he led some incredibly large organizations. He was the treasurer of uh, Macy's or Federated Stores. He worked for Pillsbury, Accenture. He had a great background in business. And really, this president position is running. It's the chief executive officer for an almost $5 billion budget. It's not the chancellor of the campus or the provost of the campus. You've got to be very business savvy as you know, Bruce Benson was. And then finally, education experience. Uh, so he was at University of North Dakota, but before that, he was at George Washington um, and ran a department there. And then he was at a teacher at uh, Johns Hopkins. So it's not like, you know, it was just University of North Dakota. It was a blend. And having all three of those kind of aspects to his um, CV or resume was really important to us. You talked about the fact there was a 9-0 vote unanimous for him to be the sole finalist. And yet this past Thursday during the vote to approve him as CU's next president, it was 5-4. Well, what happened in there? You mentioned this information was already out there. What do you think happened between announcing him as a sole finalist and I think it was, what, 14 business days later, a 5-4 vote? Yeah, it was... Uh... It was shocking to me how quickly uh, those votes turned to no's um, based on no new information that I saw come out um, around Mark or his leadership capabilities. There was a lot of feedback from the community. Um, the most vocal feedback was from the CU Boulder campus, but we also received feedback from all over the state, from UCCS, from CU Denver, from folks who live in Cortez, Colorado, and Sterling, Colorado. So you see one little aspect. It's not little. It's a big aspect. We highly respect the students and the faculty and, and, and their feedback and remarks. But uh, I, also, I also think the search committee did a good job of um, understanding what the challenges were and what Mark was going to be up against and put that in the calculation of moving him forward. 
Kennedy has been criticized for his conservative voting record in history of jumping from job to job. How, how would you respond to those criticisms? Uh, he has a what a forty year career. I don't think I don't think he's jumped around a lot. I think it's been very uh, forward thinking, and and he was very deliberate in what he wanted to accomplish. And his higher ed uh, experience is because he loves education. He really wants to be a change maker in education. He's very passionate about it. He was one of the most knowledgeable candidates speaking about higher ed, what needs to happen, how we transform it into the future, and how we play on a global scene. So he was very impressive on on that discussion. And I also think that, um, you know, Mark's just a very, uh, he's one-on-one, he's a great, he's very personable, he's very fun to hang out with, he's very knowledgeable. Um, it was a tough scene last week being on those forums, and, and a very vocal, vocal crew got to was intense. And um, I don't know that you got to see Mark Kennedy shine as much as he could and will going forward. Obviously, this is typically a CU football podcast. So I can't wait any longer to ask you about this. <laughs> uh, what, what are your impressions of Mark Kennedy from an athletic standpoint, his view on sports? We've actually asked him a lot of questions about that and spent a lot of time speaking with him. I've uh, Irene and I have probably been with him the most and, and Regent Sharkey, who was the chair of the um, the who's the chair of the board and spent a lot of time with him last week. And we, we've all asked him, you know, how do you feel about athletics? How do you feel about football? What do you think the, um, the role for football is at CU uh, going forward, knowing that there's some folks on the regent board that, you know, aren't big fans and he's a strong supporter. He absolutely believes in athletics. There's, you know, the, the issue around the women's hockey team at University of North Dakota, but what a lot of folks don't talk about is he was tasked with reducing the budget, the overall budget for the university, about 30%, I believe it was. And instead of just picking and choosing who was going to have to take the hits on that, everybody had to. And the athletic director had to decide, you know, how they were going to play in that. And um, he supported the athletic director's decision, from my understanding. Keeping it on sports, before we talk more about Mark Kennedy, I'm, I'm curious... There was the recent New York Times article where two of your fellow regents, Linda Shoemaker and Jack Kroll, were critical of the sport of football. What, what do you think caused this anti-football faction to emerge on the Board of Regents? You know, I think it's been bubbling for a while um, as, you know, what happened with the Title IX situation and uh, now more currently with approving the coach's contract. And uh, those regents are very focused on um spending money on academics. I don't think they thoroughly understand how standalone the athletics budget is and how much it brings to our university. I mean, I think that um, politics is pretty involved here too. My hope is that uh, we can hold the majority on the board in 2020 with Regent John Carson, because if he loses his seat, it's, I don't know if it's going to be pretty for athletics going forward. You kind of already touched on this. Is it a naive thought that because the athletic department has its own budget, that why is it so difficult for a regent to be pro-academics and pro-athletics at the same time? It seems like they kind of go hand in hand and support each other. Yeah, I, I mean, you meet the student athletes and you watch, I mean, their GPAs, Rick George has done a fantastic job of focusing on that. And Katie, um, who we're going to miss dearly, um, has helped along that path. I just think that it's an incredible opportunity for our football players and our other athletes to learn and grow at the University of Colorado. It's not just about athletics for them either. It's about academics as well. And it's a whole package. And it's, um, I think it's very important to continue to support athletics alongside academics. 
going back to Mark Kennedy, what, what are your expectations for him as he takes over this summer? Well, I think he's going to do his best to heal and bring people back together and get everyone focused on a vision that we can all ride along with. We're very divided right now, not just the board, but the community. And uh, we need to figure out how to bring everyone back together and focus on the long-term health of CU. One other criticism that's out there with this hiring, and correct me if I'm wrong with this figure, but I believe Bruce Benson made 358000 a year while Kennedy is going to receive 650000 in base pay his first year, then 850000 his second year. Could you kind of touch on why there is such a big increase with his salary? Yeah, President Benson did not take a raise in 11 years. I mean, he's a self-made man and he loved being president of CU and, and that was one of his commitments. And as we looked at the market rates and what it was going to take to bring a quality leader to CU, we realized that we were going to have to up our game quite a bit. I think even Tony Frank um, is is being paid around half a million dollars a year plus bonuses. So it's important to compensate people fairly. And he is uh, his pay is in the middle of the Pac-12. It's uh, you know it's not at the top of the game. So I think it's fair. And I think if he does a good job, then it's deserving of moving forward and, and upping that. Are there any other misconceptions out there regarding Mark Kennedy that, that we didn't touch on or any other facts you'd like to put out there about him? Yeah, I mean, I, I got to spend quite a bit of time with him and his wife, Debbie, and they're just, you know, great people. They're very kind. They are very passionate. Mark is very passionate about education and moving moving CU forward into the future and making sure that every student in Colorado that wants to go to CU and, and can, you know, get into our school can go there. And uh, accessibility and affordability are very important to him, as well as diversity and inclusion. Most of the people listening to this podcast are football fans. You talked about the seat that's coming up for re-election soon. Kind of break down if you're a diehard CU athletics fan, and you still want to see the academic side thrive as well. What, what can you do if you're passionate about it? Well, you can support John Carson in his re-election efforts in 2020. That's only, what, 18 months away, the election is, and it's going to start heating up. And um, I think you can also look at the races in CD2, which is Linda Shoemaker, and CD7, Irene Grego. I'm not sure if either one of them are running again. Uh, they haven't made that clear. But those will be interesting races as well. So we've got a one-seat majority, and uh, we hope to continue to support athletics and and, and uh, keep us growing and getting better and I think that uh, Carson's race is going to be really critical. Mentioned at the top that uh, you launched a new company today. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, we're having our launch party tonight. It's called She Factor, and it's a book, an app, and live events uh, for young women that are just launching their lives. So I, I know there's probably a lot of guys on this podcast. So if you have sisters or, or moms or uh, nieces or friends that uh, would love to be a part of this, you just go to thesshefactor.com and sign up, or we're on Instagram. We're going to have a lot of fun with this. Correct me if I'm wrong, but regions don't actually get paid, but you do get one opportunity a year if you want it to travel with the football team and I believe stand on the sidelines during during a game? Yes, we don't get paid, but we get all-access parking passes for all the campuses, which is really critical. And then we get to choose uh, one game a year. I've, obviously, my daughter graduated from Oregon a couple of years ago. I love going out to Eugene, so we're going to head there for the uh, the team flight game, I guess you could call it. 
Where'd you go? You went to Nebraska last year. I did. It was so fun. You I picked never, a good one. I had never been to Lincoln before, and we got to hang out down on the field and watch the game. It was an experience of a lifetime. I had a ball, and ah, that would what an ending to that game. Yeah, great stuff, Heidi. Well, I hope that this uh, put out some information for people that maybe had no idea how the search took place, and yeah. gives them some further insight into CU's next president. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, Adam. And I hope everyone will give Mark Kennedy a chance. He's a great guy. I think he's going to do a good job. And uh, I, I really think he's going to be good for athletics, too. All right. Thanks again. And thanks to all of you for tuning in.